0: Welcome to another episode of The Proper Mental Podcast. It's episode 48, and my guest this week is Stevie Georgina, who is an artist and a vlogger who chats about and writes about and makes videos about arts and crafts and crochet and the power that they have when it comes to mental well-being. So in 2017, Stevie was hospitalised due to experiencing psychosis, which was actually a symptom of undiagnosed and untreated bipolar disorder. And when she came out of hospital, she had to... And when she came out of hospital, she kind of accidentally stumbled across crochet of a way of dealing with her illness and managing her mental health. Um, I suppose uh, one way of saying it is she crocheted herself back (laughs) to a, a good place mentally. But I first heard about Stevie when she was mentioned on Gary Mansfield's podcast, Ministry of Arts. So Gary was chatting to Ben Wakelin, who is also someone that I've had on the podcast. And he just happened to mention Stevie in passing. And I thought, wow, that sounds really interesting. That sounds really lovely. So I got in touch with her on Instagram and we kind of became Insta friends and we swapped a few messages and had a few chats and stuff like that. And it just made a lot of sense for her to come on. Um, And I'm so glad she did. It was really nice to meet her in person or not in person. It was really nice to chat to her face to face over Zoom anyway. And it was because we swapped some messages on Instagram It's one of those, you know, when you kind of feel like you know someone, but really you don't know them at all. (laughs) But because of that, we were able to just jump straight into it. And it was like talking to an old friend. It was really, really lovely. And we just, yes, we go through Stevie's journey. Um, We talk a lot about what was going on with her around the time that she got sectioned. And um, that's a really important bit of the chat, I think, because there's a lot of stigma about going into hospital. There's a lot of stigma about the word section or sectioned and it was really good to kind of get a perspective on that and also chat about what happens when you're in the hospital you know and how it works and I really wanted to chat about um, what happens when you come out you know because you go through this big thing and you spend some time in hospital and then you come out and it's like what now you know you're still learning to view the world you know with a brain that's you know hopefully less ill than when you went than when you went in um and you can't necessarily jump straight back into your old life. And, you know, are you too fragile to start a new life? And it's just complicated and raw and fascinating. And it was just great to be able to ask Stevie these questions. And she's just really, really honest. And she just, just answered my questions. And we have a chat about it. And, yeah, she is truly, truly lovely. We talk about arts and crafts. We talk about a lot of talk about crochet. And, yeah, the... How these things, how these little arty, creative hobbies, passions, whatever you want to call them, how they, what we can learn from them and how we can apply the lessons we're taught from them and the things that they can do for our headspace um, is really cool. It's really empowering. And there's a lot there. There's a lot there i would not even thought about before. And there's certainly a lot that I've thought about since. Um, So yeah, like hopefully you'll get that same sort of thing out of it. And I'd love to know about it. If you did, I'd love to know your thoughts. Um, If you want to follow Stevie on Instagram, it's at Stevie by the Sea. And even if you're not into crochet or you're thinking, you know what, I don't really need to know anything about wool um, or any of those sorts of thoughts. Give her a follow anyway, because, um, yes, of course, she posts a lot of crochet related content, but she also talks a lot about mental health. And um, she's also really lovely. And she's one of those people. She's so much fun and she's so authentic. And I don't particularly have a huge interest in uh, crochet I'll be the first to admit but I always like it seeing a story or seeing a post on social media because she's just so so nice and it's just like yeah just lovely to see someone doing something passionate about and someone just kind of just being really happy after they've been through Something so tough, you know. So, yeah, give her a follow because, yeah, it's really positive. Her content's brilliant. Um, and if you're really into crochet, you can find her on YouTube. Again, Stevie by the Sea. She'll pop straight up. You can subscribe to her channel there. You can connect with me in all the usual places. Oh, I'm not going to say, you know, 48 episodes, man. You know how to get hold of me by now. You can email me. You can get hold of me on social media. All the links for all the things you need are all in my bio on Insta. The only thing I want you to do is rate or review this podcast because that helps me spread the word. It doesn't have to be an essay. It doesn't have to be like really creative or anything like that. You just click them five stars and write, I listened and it was great, the end. And every single one makes a big difference. So if you could help me out with that, that would be great. Other than that, I've got nothing left to tell you this week. This is episode 48 of The Proper Mental Podcast with Stevie Georgina, a.k.a. Stevie by the Sea. Thank you very much for listening. Enjoy. So here we are with another episode of the Proper Mental Podcast. And my guest this week is Stevie Georgina. How are you, mate?
1: I'm really good, thank you.
0: <laughs> oh, super. Thank you. Uh, thank you very much for joining me, Stevie. I really, really appreciate it. Um, I was thinking this morning that I've, d- I've recorded a lot of episodes now and've I've been to a lot of places that I never thought I would go when I you know started recording this yeah and I think certainly if you'd have said to me I'd have been doing a crochet related episode. <laughs> <laughs> i I did not i would not have expected that at all so but that's i think that's going to form a lot of the basis of what we're going to chat today mate but um yeah that's wicked new territory for me new territory
1: yeah true and it's funny you say that because if somebody had told me actually a few years ago that i would be obsessed with crochet and crocheting like every day, would have been like what like, <laughs> <laughs> really <laughs>
0: Just snuck snuck into your life, yeah. I too. Um, I was making some notes last night, and I, like, I'm not a very good speller, and so I spell checked crochet, and I'd written it as croquet, and I, I was thinking, oh, I wonder if there's anyone out there who's used croquet to, <laughs> help, to help their mental well being. But you
1: find someone now. I know
0: there'll be there'll be someone. Yeah, <laughs> maybe someone yeah. someone's listening. But yeah, that's awesome. So I suppose, um, like, yeah, I found out about you, Stevie, by listening I was listening to the Ministry of Arts podcast but not your episode I was listening to Ben Wakelin's episode which was a few months ago um, because I've had Ben on as well you see and just as part of their conversation Gary mentioned your Instagram account just in in passing they were talking about different types of like creative outlet and all these sorts of things so um, I, I said oh that sounds really interesting and that's kind of how we like connected really so it's pretty cool that you've been on there and now you're on here and we're kind of all coming all coming full circle it's a yeah uh, yeah. everyone
1: knows each other now (laughs) that's
0: it yeah little podcast community but I suppose the best place to start really with yourself is 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 crochet like how did you get into crochet
1: so like when I, so i had a psychotic episode in um 2017 so like literally lost my mind um and my well i i was kind of like in a bit of a weird position because i couldn't go straight back to work i was working in like retail um in a charity shop as a manager and i i I'd just come out of hospital, so I couldn't really go straight back in, but I wanted to kind of get back out again. So often I'd find myself kind of wandering around the town that I used to live, like just looking like, you know, something to do. And there, when I sort of came back home, a yarn shop had just opened that just sold, sold like loads of wool and they had like knitting groups and stuff. Um, and I tried to knit before, but never really got into it. And I was talking to the owner of the shop and she mentioned to me oh we we're doing like these beginners groups for crochet i was kind of like oh okay like yeah i'll have a think about it and i mentioned it to my partner chris and he was like oh like i'll get you like some lessons for your birthday then like because i think he just was like desperate for me to go and do something because he could see how like fed up i was like you know i was really depressed like i had no motivation to do anything after i came out of hospital and i guess it was like the first thing I found to do um and yeah it so it kind of was just by accident like I went along to these lessons and I was really really bad like like probably the worst in the group <laughs> um but I think just like getting out there and having something to focus on that wasn't like being unwell do you know what I mean like it wasn't related to being unwell was yeah it was a nice break so that's kind of how it all started
0: yeah definitely and something to I suppose yeah focus on as part of that that recovery journey right one thing I didn't realize I'd know nothing about um crochet so it's purely through um doing a bit of research on this via your Instagram that I've come across anything um but it's it's a slow process isn't it like crocheting a, a garment it's a slow slow process and did kind of being forced to not forced because you weren't you know crocheting at gunpoint but (laughs) but to you know to slow down and to be still and a lot of these things it sounds like almost a like a meditation style process in some ways is that how it kind of works for you?
1: Yeah it's definitely that I mean I think in the past I kind of I struggled with like addictions like I used to drink quite a lot um I got into smoking weed then just like did that all the time and I think because I'd like gone through a lot I always wanted to distract myself but I before I was using like the wrong (laughs) things to distract myself and they were making me more unwell whereas when I found crochet it was like I could just put all my focus into it especially when i first was learning because like i didn't really know what i was doing and like even learning like the basics was pretty hard i'd say for me like i didn't pick it up particularly quickly um and yeah like it really did slow me down and make me like just sort of focus on something nice i suppose for once rather than yeah
0: yeah definitely uncanny.
1: Go second, <laughs> yeah, that
0: that's it, isn't it? And I think there's really something, and it comes out in a lot of things that people find that are good for mental well-being. Is that I suppose the best way to say it is like a project and starting something and seeing it through to the end that's really, really beneficial. You know, whether it's running, you know, it's almost like they're all different metaphors of putting one foot in front of the other and just yeah, being with yourself and being in that in that process, right?
1: Yeah, definitely. I mean funnily enough my um partner he is like obsessed with running now like his thing is running mine is crochet they're quite quite different but like he um struggled with addiction as well so it's it's been I think it's kind of nice because it shows you how important it is to have that thing that kind of I don't know like for me like crochet comforts me for him like running keeps his mind occupied it's yeah I think it's just so helpful when you find that thing that works for you that is like good for you too
0: (laughs) yeah I mean that definitely helps doesn't it when it um yeah when it's a positive thing but like society is it's a lot easier to go and find those unhealthy distractions you know like the society is almost like set up for us to be to go down those those routes isn't it whereas yeah to have that positive thing to have that that project that creativity you know that way of expressing yourself in a in a different way that's really really important and as we get older we lose that don't we as you journey through life it tends to be those those hobbies those passions those pursuits those things that are really like that maybe when you were younger you would see as part of yourself that Mm. that's the sort of stuff that we put down in order to have you know careers and relationships and you know, social lives and all that sort of stuff. That's kind of how I feel about it. Was that a similar, uh, similar to yourself?
1: Yeah, that's definitely true. I mean, like, when I was younger, I loved doing, like, arts and crafts. Like, that was, that, that was all I really did. And then as I got older, I found, like, things that were – that seemed like a quick fix, I suppose, like, going and drinking a lot. And, like, I, I think because I've been through quite a lot, I always was sort of looking for, you know, some – I sort of like was always seeking for situations I think because I felt quite numb for a while due to like my mental health like I'd I'd go through periods of like not really feeling much so yeah like during my teenage years I think I, I became more and more unwell and was doing more and more that was making myself unwell if that makes sense yeah um but then like finding crochet was that thing that just kind of like stopped it and turned it around and I was like oh I don't actually have to go and do all that stuff it's and for the first time I think I actually realized how nice it was just to like feel calm and content (laughs) like and I realized how nice that was not having those like really big ups and downs all the time just like finding more of a balance in my life and it really helped me with that yeah
0: yeah that's a lovely way to see it because it's so hard isn't it to just just to sit in the moment, you know, like we can't even wait in a queue in Asda anymore without having to whip your phone out. And, you know, yes. like, but before phones, like we just waited for stuff and it, it wasn't that bad. <laughs> you know, it was, it was yeah. all right. But we've almost lost that, that skill, even in those small moments. So then, of course, we've lost it in the big moments. Right. So, yeah, but just something about being able to sit with yourself. And when that's uncomfortable, we do tend to look. We're very externally focused, aren't we, as a species? You know, again, society's yeah. built for that. We're always looking for the stuff. I did that for a long time. I chased. I, was, I just thought, if I keep reading these books, if I keep listening to these podcasts, if I keep trying this and doing that, eventually, I'll find this thing that is going to make me feel like well again. And you know, it wasn't wasn't there and it was only once I like reversed it and started drilling down into into me and tried to find that piece that that's only when I started to even you know get anywhere near finding it but it's hard to do isn't it it's hard to sit in your own space for lengths of time you have to learn how to do it
1: yeah oh yeah definitely it takes practice like I think that was the thing for me where I still kind of look back and think how did I do that because when I first sort of came out of hospital that was when I I think I really knew that I had to change something because like I'd just been like sectioned against my will. So it was quite like an extreme situation. Like, you know, I always thought there was something a bit wrong, I suppose, but I didn't expect for it to go that wrong. Like I didn't expect, I didn't even know what psychosis was when I became unwell. So having that, I I guess it forced me to be like, right, you have to do something. Otherwise this is like, it would have just been going back in hospital and like, getting more and and that reoccurring like so finding that thing yeah like I said it's I I still look back and I'm like how did I stick at it because it was hard like especially because I wasn't very good at it but I think I was just uh, and I was just really lucky because I had like a lot of people to around me to say like i think you could be good at this like carry on at it do you know what i mean so i think i think that kind of helps as well like you need <laughs> you need like uh a bit of everything to get better i suppose
0: yeah very much so a lot of it i think comes down to there just comes there's gotta comes a point where you just think do you know what i like you said i need to break the cycle i need to yeah i just i'm just gonna gonna back myself you know that's how i felt it's i'm gonna back myself because i never have i never i've never done it and i'm gonna yeah. do it i'm gonna i'm gonna try and that sounds like such a small thing and people who haven't experienced it would probably say well that's a bit unusual way to think about yourself but when you've like been through something it is like learning to to trust yourself and back yourself and have that faith to, I'm just going to just have a go at something because it might help. That's, it's quite a big step for us. It's a small thing, but it's it's quite a big step, isn't it?
1: That is so true. It is like, you really do have to like believe in yourself because if you don't like it's, you're just going to get even more stuck. And like, I think for a long time, I kind of got so used to like disliking myself, like making a joke out of like my mental health almost like, yeah like using that as a way of coping and then i suddenly realized you know what if i keep like talking about myself and believing all this stuff about myself i'm just gonna again like not nothing's gonna get better for me like it's just gonna keep getting worse and i think going back to crochet like that learning that and knowing oh i can do something i can learn something i can gain a skill that made such a big difference for me like that gave me so much confidence when I really needed it
0: yeah definitely and I think that so many people can say I was like just to like whenever we talk to our kids right so I've got two little kids and whenever they do something whenever they achieve something a little certificate of school or a swimming lesson or something like that we always try and make sure we say to them we don't say we're proud of you we say are you proud of yourself we try and reinforce that that message and it does take a while as an adult it takes a while to see that doesn't it because so many people could say to you oh you're really good at uh, at crochet you should try and do something with this but until you believe that well then it's not going to happen you know you have yeah. to look you have to get that 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 inner something that inner bit of whether it's resilience or confidence everyone's probably got a different word for what it what it feels to them yes. but once you can back yourself then you can slowly start to make those changes right
1: yeah, that's so true. Like, once you're able to do that, I think it just opens up so many doors. Like, even for me, just getting out there, and I mean, when I again, when I was unwell, like, it was it felt easy for a while for me to focus on that. Like, at times, like, I think I'd go into every conversation, being like, by the way, this just happened to me, it, you know, I this I, I had a psychotic episode, like, feeling like I had to. go go in and like warn people about me like oh this happened um but then the more like I've got into I suppose these hobbies like doing art doing crafts I now enter conversations with that do you know what I mean rather than the other so I think that's where it's been really helpful as well because I think if I hadn't have had like really like solid hobbies um and I didn't find those I think it would have been like very easy for me to get like too hung up on that part yeah. of
0: my life. yeah definitely that makes so much sense yeah because you kind of I, I always felt like I was so um desperate that being poorly didn't define me I wanted to I went the opposite way and like made it define me by like you say kind of like stamping it down so at first I didn't tell anyone they can't possibly mention to anyone it's got to be this big secret and then yeah then you wear it like a shield right but there's yeah. there's a fine line between kind of owning your story and then and accepting it is different to almost displaying it I suppose and it is a it is a fine line it's a tricky one to tricky one to walk it's certainly one I'm still learning that's for sure
1: yeah and I am as well I mean like when I make like youtube videos and stuff I find myself sometimes being like I can't take it when people say this to me because I'm really sensitive because of this and this and this and then I'm like no don't put that in today because like i mean i'm very lucky like my partner (laughs) it looks at my comments before i see them and he like moderates them for me so like if something is really going to get to me he's there to (laughs) to shield me but um it yeah like i've i'm slowly learning that i don't have to constantly explain why i'm uncomfortable with something or why i maybe find certain situations harder than other situations and i think it's really good like if you can tell people when you need to like I think that's really important and I think more people like definitely it would be nice if people could be more open you know and say and share their experiences anything they've struggled with but it also like can like we're saying go the other way where it can yeah you can sometimes almost lean on it a bit too much and I I definitely felt myself doing that and I, I still do now sometimes <laughs>
0: Yeah, definitely. I think the that's what I suppose what we by having these type of conversations, we're trying to create, I, th- I often think that sometimes the message gets a little bit lost, right? So when we say, oh, it's good to talk, and it's good to talk about these experiences and all this, and it is, it really, really is. And it's important. It's important for loads of different reasons. But I think sometimes the message is that everyone has to constantly bear their soul. And that's not true. I think it would be much more beneficial if we get to a place where as like a society we can just just accept that some people have tough days and go through tough times and it's almost like you said then it's like a say no more thing like you don't have to explain to me why you don't want to you know come to my birthday party right like yeah. you can just say <laughs> yeah. i don't really want to and i can say i'm completely fine with that i'm not taking it personally you know, Stevie's got her own reasons for not coming to my party. And that's fine. You know, that that's the sort of the the level that I think would be a bit more beneficial to uh, to live in. But I suppose like I've only just thought of it saying that. But I suppose we're so egotistical in some ways. Like you say you don't want to come to my party. I'm like, well, why not? It's my birthday. You know, like why? Why would you? Why would she not? And then when you step outside and look, Wilson, well, you know, what are you doing for your birthday? She might not like it. Like she doesn't have yeah, to just because like <laughs> it's my birthday. <laughs> it's quite strange, isn't it? These social events and how that, you know, because something that affects me, I think what I'm talking about it is because yeah, I'm very funny about what I can go to and what I can't. And there's certain things where I just know, I know I'm going to be uncomfortable. And there's no point trying. I'm done trying. I'm done trying and I'm done explaining it. I'm just like, nah, I'm good. Thank you. And like once people accept that, it's comes, it's much easier, isn't it?
1: Yeah, definitely. I think that it helps when you can just say, I mean, I'm quite lucky because my, I feel like my mum has always like said to me, like, if you don't want to do something, just say you don't want to do it and leave it at that. And she's really good at it. So I've kind of like watched her do that. But it, like, we're all affected, like you said, like, we're all affected, like, in different ways. Like, I mean, I might take something personally. Like, I was saying recently to someone that when I, like, for, especially on Instagram and stuff, somebody you like, you think you sort of know might unfollow you or something like that and i can be like oh my gosh what have i said what have i done and it's like they might just like not want to see what i'm doing anymore there's so many different reasons like it's not necessarily like the worst thing in the world do you know what i mean like and i have to like not look at certain things or people sometimes because it might make me insecure or like upset or something they might be talking about might just not be right for me at that point in time and that's absolutely fine and I- I'm really glad that I've like come to that conclusion because I think for a while I was and for most of my life I was very like easily upset like I, sh- I take everything as a rejection do you know what I mean like and yeah I'm definitely learning like yeah don't yeah. do that Stevie it's not all about <laughs> you <laughs>
0: That's it, isn't it? I suppose, I suppose it's like a, um like the a transition that keeps going. So, like at first, I had no boundaries at all, and then I'd decide, you know what? It's much better for me, like mentally, if I bring in strong boundaries. But then I had to learn to respect other people's. So I'd be like, well, if I see something I don't like, I'll just unfollow it, and then someone unfollows you, and you go, how dare you unfollow me? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so my boundaries are fine but other people's aren't so yeah I suppose it's just it's learning to um and these things right they don't matter like they don't matter do they you know like it's um it's funny how that we feel that they do but when you look at it out of context like it really doesn't matter but sometimes it yeah. really feels like it does
1: <laughs> and it might be the wrong day as well might it like I always think like at certain times I'm really confident I'll be like oh, I don't care but then like something might happen on a day that I may be a little bit more sensitive than usual. And it can just like take over my whole day. I'm going, oh, Chris, this person doesn't like me anymore. Or oh, this has happened. And like, I think I upset someone with something I said, like, or I said this thing and like, now I can't like take it back. And all of that stuff, like it, I think especially online now though, that's that's hard because you can like, it's it's so out there, isn't it? And like, w- once you say something, And if you get something wrong, it can go really badly these days, you know. So I think that's quite hard as well. Like, because I look back at when I was unwell and how I was acting. And I'm so glad that my family, like, took away all my social media and were like, stay offline. Like, don't talk to any of your friends, which sounds like a weird thing to say to someone. Like, oh, let's just, like, separate her from like all of the people she knows but actually like when I was really unwell I was like really like having a go at people I knew like so yeah it's weird like I think it kind of takes me back to that like talking of that and how you know being i'm really really glad that i had people to protect me you know because like i said it's so easy especially if you're not feeling great to go online and maybe share a bit too much do you know what i mean like
0: yeah definitely yeah or, or sometimes it's 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 almost sharing in the wrong way so before you've figured a yeah. thought out for yourself you can just like jump in and bah, 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 and just put it out there and then it's only when you read it like when it pops up on your memories and you kind of go hmm <laughs> probably shouldn't have worded it like that, you know, but yeah, definitely. I I kind of not that I'm in any way comparing um, mental illness with being drunk, but it's the same. You shouldn't go on your social media when you've had a drink because you are not thinking like yourself. And it's exactly the same when you when you're poorly, because that's not you. It's not the true representation of your brain that it's putting out there, is it?
1: that's so true and you know what it it probably is quite a good comparison actually because my mum said it was a bit like I at times it was like I'd got really drunk and I was just running around saying doing all these weird things you know like especially in hospital or like yeah and if I'd been online then I like dread to think of some of the like stuff that would have come out and yeah like it was just it's just really weird like thinking a bit like that and yeah I think as much as like it's really good that we have like social media and stuff to connect with people when you are unwell it can be I think it can really be like quite damaging so I I, like if I'm even if I'm like feeling quite depressed I tend to just like delete everything off of my phone step away like stay away because yeah sometimes you can get and I've found in the past that like, I could always get like stuck in a conversation about how bad I was feeling and it would then escalate and make me feel worse. Do you know what I mean? Like...
0: Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, you can kind of, yeah, it almost like keeps that narrative running sometimes, doesn't it? And it's like, that's not what I need right now. I don't need to focus and dwell on this feeling. I need to go and do some self-care and breathe some fresh air and just like yeah. not, just not think and talk about it for a moment yeah it can sort of yeah I suppose trap us in that in that way yeah I think a lot of people really really identify for that yeah, yeah. Very, very much so
1: yeah yeah definitely
0: um so if we can just rewind a little bit you mentioned when you were sectioned before Stevie
1: yeah in
0: the build-up to that were you aware that your mental health was declining to that point
1: um i think part of me was in denial because like i was having these really what well, i would say it felt really amazing highs like where i felt oh. so good so on top of the world that i was like there's nothing wrong with me because like i am in yeah like being sort of i suppose i was manic at those points because i was diagnosed after with bipolar disorder but i think yeah i was manic but then it just like started to tip over into psychosis because i started to believe stuff that wasn't real so like there was one point where i ra- i actually rang the police because i thought someone that my partner knew in the past was outside our front door and i was like completely convinced that this person was downstairs like and i was like he's trying to kill me he's trying to kill me like ringing the police um and i remember the person that i was like put through to was just like I I, she just seemed annoyed with me which is which kind of shows how there really needs to be more training around certain things because like you could I could tell this woman was getting angry and I was just there like I'm in danger because that's what I believed and I felt and she was just like kind of like shut up (laughs) like you're you're not like and yeah like maybe she thought I was just doing a really weird prank call or something but it was that's when I think there was it's weird because you don't know there's something wrong because like when you're like experiencing psychosis you believe everything that you're seeing hearing and believing is real but what was really weird I remember is seeing like my partner Chris being like you're fine like what's what is what what are you doing and like I think that's when I started to feel really quite scared because I was like I was having all these thoughts like the world's ending, like uh, when the radio would come on, I would think that the people on the radio were talking to me like personally. So that was, I think, yeah, like I, and I was saying that I had actually gone to the doctors a few times um, running up to that, but I just don't think they really knew what to like do or offer for me. They were kind of like, yeah, here's a leaflet <laughs> a couple of times and I was like, yeah, but things were getting really weird because like I said like I was I was sending like my friends these messages like saying like oh I can't stand you I hate you like all oh, this really like horrible stuff to my friends like really mean like oh I can't stand you you're an awful person because of this this and this like really nasty personal things. And yeah, that should have been a sign and like I said I I even went into a doctor and I was actually like psychotic in the like in, in the appointment and this doctor had known me since i was like a child which was even weirder because he was just like oh this is interesting and then like i remember leaving the appointment and he just gave me sleeping tablets and like it like and then it just all went like my parents luckily were like there's something wrong with her like because she's acting really weird like my mom said i rang her at like three in the morning being like oh mum you're you're giving me every time i come to your house i don't like the way you're uh serving my dinner the plate's too big like it just really like what like, my mom said she was just like there's something wrong so my dad picked me up and then um they called an ambulance but again like it was so hard to even get me seen like the the ambulance were gonna walk away it was the police that actually said i i think you i think she needs to be taken into hospital because Like, the way she's acting isn't right. Like, she's obviously not like that. (laughs) Like, that's not her personality. She's not, like... Because I was, like, giving them beers, like, at my mum's house, being like, have a beer, have a beer. Like, just really, like, intense behaviour. Like, my mum said I was, like, taking all my clothes off, running downstairs, which, like... She was like, this is... This ain't, like, normal. Um, And, yeah, I luckily... Was taken in the ambulance the ambulance staff were just really getting fed up with me because I was like trying to open all the um like all the all, every cupboard there was I was I'm trying to open it like it was it was really weird just like it is just the strangest experience because you're you are doing things that make sense to you but everyone else is like what's this all about and yeah then luckily I I am um, ended up in the hospital like, I think I was like locked in a room with my family because like they had to keep me out of the way because like there was other patients, like there was like people having heart attacks and stuff. So they they needed me away. And I was just, it was the weirdest experience of my life. And it weirdly enough, I still remember quite a lot of it quite clearly because like you're seen by this, because this is something that I think a lot of people think, like they think, Oh, I'm going to like lose my mind and I'm going to get shoved in a hospital and that's it. But it's, it takes a lot to get sectioned like even from you know <laughs> those ambulance staff picking me up it, it, it you know they don't just like chuck you in they they are like you're assessed by a lot of people there was like a social worker I think um it took ages to wait for everyone to arrive and and each one of them would like kind of do this like little interview with me to like see I suppose where I was and what I was thinking and it was so surreal like having these people, like you, are just like alone with them in the room, and they're asking you all these questions, like "What time is it?" And I remember then thinking, like, "I don't know what time it is. Like, I don't know what day it is. Like, uh, yeah, just so so weird, so weird." Yeah.
0: Wow, yeah, crikey, there's a lot, a lot going on there, Stevie, right? A lot going on. Yeah, I mean, and
1: that was probably quite a like, lot intense. No, that, story was a, that was
0: no, that was incredible. It was like. It's really fascinating to me how um, people that work, people that maybe should know a bit more about mental illness that don't. So the fact that you're ringing the you know 999 and saying I'm in danger, whether what you're saying is correct or not, either way, you're in danger. You might not have been in danger from the person you were phoning about, but the fact that you phoned saying those things means that you were in danger and like someone should have not got cross with you someone should have acted on that right um and i I, one of the reasons i really wanted to talk about i suppose just the process as well of being being sections and it's really interesting to mention you for you to mention there sorry like how challenging that was because i think that's an area of mental illness that there's still a like more stigma about you know like that that whole that whole thing of going into hospital there's a lot of stigma because if you say sections you know, like you say that people think it's easy. People think you're going to get locked away and the keys thrown away. Most people yep. will reference one flew over as the cuckoo's nest. If we start talking about yeah. that type of situation, it tends to be like the standard. I've used it myself. It tends to be like the standard um, analogy, doesn't it? But um, how long were you in hospital for?
1: So I was really lucky. Well, I said I was lucky. It, was, it still felt too long. It was only a month, um, but it was meant to be two weeks. But this just says so much about how like chaotic all this was because there wasn't a doctor to assess me to let me out, (laughs) which was like my mum was like, because my mum and dad, like I also got sectioned miles away from my mum and dad because I lived in Hertfordshire and they live near Great Yarmouth. So like two and a half hours drive away. Um, And they were like, oh, there's no beds in Norfolk because you don't like live in Norfolk. We're going to move you to nearer to where you actually live. But the problem was like my parents then had to drive <laughs> for my was to see me. So, um, yeah, like I was in there for a month and my parents were just trying to get me out the whole time because I think they saw that the environment for me was not making me better. It was actually making me worse. Like and uh, my dad said, like every time he came and visited me, I was just gradually becoming more and more like not there so I suppose I get that they have to like medicate you and stuff because how else are you gonna like deal with all these patients but on like the other hand you're so medicated like that you literally can't I couldn't walk like I had to crawl around to get from place to place like and I couldn't hold my head up I had to be put on like medications to stop me from like dribbling because like I was literally just like slumped over um, and yeah, like, so I was in there for a month and my dad just said like, it was harder and harder to see me just like decline. Um, he said like, it just, yeah. So he, they, they like made quite a big fuss and were like, we, we really want her out. And I think looking back, I can see why they'd have kept me longer, but I was just lucky that I had like family that could keep an eye on me, like literally 24 hours a day because that's kind of what I needed but I was in for a month but the psychosis like and being sort of and going in and out of the delusions lasted for like six months probably so right it was quite yeah a
0: long, quite yeah a long sure was there anything else that's going on in there other than medication like were you doing any sorts of like therapy or activities or anything at all that helps we
1: had yeah like we had um a little bit of art therapy I think that's the only like nice memories of I have of hospital and there were some like lovely staff that would like sit around like do our hair and things like that just to kind of make us all feel a bit like more normal I suppose um so there was a few bits I think it's quite tricky because when I do look back and I think oh like when people are so unwell it's really hard to find things that are safe for them to do as well um you know even with the art therapy like lots of children scissors about and even then they've got to be careful with and and like I totally get it so it can be tricky there was I remember there were some really nice staff that came in and like would just do some one-to-one like you would especially people were like because you kind of like um lose the ability to do anything normal even like eating I didn't really want to eat when I was in there because my mind was just so full up with all this like other stuff going on um so they'd kind of like they'd kind of say oh come and help me make this food with you they'd do it all but like it kind of gave you a focus um and there were some really nice staff that did come in um and like help but unfortunately i'd say there were more bad experiences than good
0: yeah yeah sure it's um it's really interesting like how much of it you remember of that that time as well that's like uh yeah that's quite intense i think
1: yeah it's weird as well because I I always say to my family that it feels like I remember a lot but then I also don't remember most days if that makes sense so I just have very intense like individual memories and like the rest is just this weird like I don't remember any of it like I I can really like picture so many of the times when I was like in my room in the hospital like because you kind of end up I I was on like one-to-one so you're watched like whole time like constantly watched um even like at points when you're using the toilet someone's there so it's really weird um and i can i have quite intense memories of that but then i i look back and i think oh like considering i was there for like a month i'd say i only remember like a week's worth of memory does that make sense yeah
0: yeah sure crikey yeah Yeah. so what so the the month and you get discharged so what happens then what happens immediately on the other side of coming out of of hospital
1: so I remember my parents going to pick me up and they said I was leaving and I was literally crying like with happiness because I was so happy to be out I was like oh my gosh my family because I didn't know why I was separated from them when I was in there I couldn't like no matter how many times people were telling me I was in this hospital for psychosis I didn't I didn't get that like it was going in um so I was just like yeah I'm leaving I'm so happy um my parents took me back to theirs and then it all kind of started to go wrong again when I went back to live with my partner um in Hertfordshire because he had just started a new job and like I remember being in the flat and I didn't like I felt really unsafe again I started to think I'm unsafe in this situation. Um, I don't know like what it was. I think it was just being on my own and like, you know, being locked in a place. And I was told like, stay here, don't go out. Cause obviously like I wasn't very well still. Um, and I just can remember, I think maybe because of the medication as well, I was like shaking like really badly in bed, like just crying and terrified. And I think my mom said like, Stevie, I know you want to be with Chris, but like you're coming back to with us. Like you're going to have to live with us for a bit. Um, because this isn't safe, and I think then for the next like couple of months, I literally was just asleep. <laughs> like, um, so I went back to my mom's I mainly dealt. They like you can call like the crisis team. Um, and they'll come if you like are really struggling. Um, it was quite. It was a lot. I found the care a lot like the people were nicer here. Like I live in Norfolk now, and I don't I don't know what it was, but like the staff just were more patient. Um. <laughs> the ones I ended up um I think that's why I kind of like wanted to ha- like keep my care here because I had a better experience um but I also think that was because my mom was more involved here so she would call them for me she'd like call people and say look I think this medication's a bit much for her so for a long time it was literally just like my mom calling up the crisis team and like early intervention psychosis team who I think well the way it works around here you're given like a couple of members of staff from that team and they know all about psychosis like they work with people who are on their first episode of, uh, episode of psychosis and they kind of support you and the support was really good to be honest like they they came to me i had like a nurse that would have a chat with me for like over an hour weekly um and you could call, like, the crisis team were always pretty nice. Um, But I think, like I said, a, a lot of it was down to the fact that I had my mum to call up for me, because I don't know how you're meant to look after yourself if you don't have someone there, like, literally 24 hours a day. Um, So that's kind of how it looked. Like, just my mum ringing up and, like, saying, you know, she's – I know that she's unwell, but, like, she's not herself kind of thing. Um, And that was really good, because I had her to kind of, like – Stand in my corner and like say this medication's maybe me a bit much and yeah so it was a good I'd say a couple of years tr- like trying to figure it all out and yeah it was just my mom looking after me and <laughs> getting like lots of visits from the mental health team and talking about it like loads. <laughs>
0: oh, amazing But yeah, God, having your your mom be able to to help with that is so so lovely, isn't it? And it's yeah. just such a scary thought that there will be people that in a similar situation who are discharged and then have to try and do that for them, do that for themselves. I mean, maybe there's different support available and stuff. I don't know, but um, I think yeah, there just... is.
1: Yeah. But I don't think there's enough. Like from what I know, I think that one of the main reasons I did get well um, and I did manage to get over like quite a lot of it is because like my mum and my dad were literally like there all the time, Chris as well. Like I had three people like, to keep on top of medication, of making sure a, of making sure, like, I didn't get too used to just staying inside because it's very easy when you've experienced that to become, like, absolutely terrified of doing anything. Like, even, like, leaving the room, like, I just... I was terrified. So, um, yeah, I, I I think that's where it can go quite wrong and where I think there needs to be, like, more support because you, you just need yeah like real care like my mum said it was like having like a toddler again like she said it was really weird because like you know I'm like in my mid-20s like um and well I was then and she said like having like this this something year old acting like a toddler was really quite difficult
0: yeah yeah I can well imagine and it's something again with mental illness that doesn't get talked about enough is how it affects the people around us you know, so whether that's yeah. your parents, whether that's Chris, who sounds like was an incredible, um, you know, support through the through the yeah. whole thing. Um, but, yeah, it, it takes its toll on those those relationships as well, doesn't it? Like it's it's a hard it's hard for everybody involved. And quite often we focus on on the person and very rightly so, of course, it's about the person. But, yeah, how it affects the others. Um, I spent a lot of time kind of thinking about how it affected my wife and children after I was ill you know and I look back now from a good place and I look back and I think how have I still got her how have I still got her like why is she still here because I wouldn't have (laughs) looking back from where I am now to where I was I would not have blamed her I would not have blamed her if she'd have you know it took the kids and, and disappeared and it's like that's I don't know I suppose that's part of recovery isn't it that's a big thing that we have to think about and deal with and make peace with while we're trying to to heal i suppose
1: yeah definitely i mean like i think about how chris stayed with me and like a lot of people would say to him like are you really going to stay with her like after all of this like it's it's a lot to take on like and i mean he i know he felt like pretty traumatized after it all happened like there's a lot that he's like he says he literally is just blocked out like where it was so hard to deal with um and yeah like a lot of it uh, I sometimes think now like so much of it is down to luck as well like I've just been lucky that these people were there and remained there and like stuck by me and were very understanding and they went out and they learned about psychosis they learned about what it was they learned about how it affected people my mom did loads of reading like found out like the uh, how you know it could take up to three years to recover and she would always remind me of that and them like going and doing that and taking that on I was so lucky they did it because like it's a big job like to go and like you know do all that research and throw yourself into something I mean and and if you had like my mom was lucky like she she volunteers in a charity shop but she's not like tied to a job she's you know my pet well my dad like has a part-time job both of them like had time as well do you know what i mean so there's so many things where i'm just i'm so lucky that that was how it was because otherwise it's it's massive to deal with
0: yeah yeah definitely and like that it that i think the most important thing is time isn't it? it it is time because it just takes time and i've you know obviously like recovery isn't linear you know there's always like good days and bad days and back and forth and shifts and all the rest of it but were you kind of over the next couple of years were you aware that you were getting better did you like have these moments where you felt more like yourself whatever you know your understanding of yourself was at that time
1: yeah it was a weird one because i think like i had so for those six months where i was really unwell that happened and it was kind of like highs and lows throughout that i think because of like the psychosis but then afterwards I just ended up like so depressed I'd say for like over a year and I've it was the worst depression I've ever been through like and it was harder than the psychosis to be honest because like every day I was just like I felt kind of like my life had been ruined because I think back then as well like it's a bit easier now because there are is more that you can go online and you can find stories from people that have um, experienced psychosis but then it was very much like a lot of the stuff I would find, it would, it would be like people relapsing quite a lot and getting back. And I, and I was just like, I, I didn't trust myself. Do you know what I mean? For like that next year, I didn't trust that I could stay well. Um, and I still kind of had those weird, like, I can remember walking along, like, and when I had visited my mum once and I was like, can I hear a voice? Like, and it was all that, like you know there was just this real fear like I was like can I hear a voice is am I experiencing psychosis again constantly questioning whether I was going to be unwell and then that really led to like I said like being really depressed for a couple of years and that was that was like I said the hardest part um but then I think when I realized that I needed to stop trying to get my old life back that's when I was I like started to get better because i think for a long time i was like chasing like who i was before the psychosis and i wanted to like have all my friends back like to be honest i just wanted to like go out and drink again and smoke loads of weed like that's genuinely like what i wanted to go back to and then when i think i started to realize okay like um, I i tried to go back to my old job that was weird like really weird like everyone kind of like knew that i'd experienced psychosis but they would be like oh she's a bit of a nutter behind my back and like that was really uncomfortable to like hear people that I had actually like liked and trusted now talking about me in like quite a mean way um so I think then I was just like I'm I'm going I'm leaving Hertfordshire I'm gonna go and live near my parents and I luckily convinced Chris because I think he was like oh like I don't know like do I really want to go like move to a really quiet seaside town or but um yeah that was when I think I saw I, I found myself again like I found my confidence I found like all the good parts of me without like the parts that were maybe not as like great and I think it was like having that sort of realization that I couldn't go back to my full-time job I couldn't just like pretend that I was the person before that that's when I started to see like improvement
0: yeah yeah I identify with that a lot it's like a, almost like an acceptance thing you know I once I made my mind up to try and get better I tried so hard and the universe just kept fighting back there was no acceptance there I was like I'm gonna headlock this thing you know and like (laughs) wrestle it into the ground and once I kind of it, it took almost like submitted like submitting myself to it and saying right like let's just let it let this play out because I can't force it, you know. And I suppose that's you have to do that to start that that rebuild, you know, that coming back to your coming back to yourself. Yeah. And then and then Crochet enters the picture. And it's like it's just such a seems like that was such a positive impact. Almost like when you really needed it, Stevie, that the, you know, that shop yeah. opened and it and it started from from there.
1: Yeah. yeah see it's funny because I actually learned to crochet like during the period of depression um and started learning it then um but then when I moved to Norfolk and had like nothing to do I was like oh I'm gonna make an Instagram account and like share some of the stuff I am making because I think another thing that kind of even though I was really depressed it the thing that kind of like got me through is watching like videos of people who did like crafts on YouTube and stuff like that so I'd watch that and I'd be like oh like maybe one day that would be nice like if I could do more of this and and I think I it gave me a little bit of hope. Like even though I was really depressed and I couldn't be bothered to do it a lot of the time, watching that made me st- I something started to like click. Do you know what I mean? Like and I started to see these people and I was like, oh, they seem pretty happy doing all this crafting. And then when I yeah, when I moved to Norfolk, we moved in with my parents. Um, and yeah, I just started like taking loads of photos of my crochet and trying new projects and and i started like uploading like a couple of youtube videos about it and it's funny because i i wouldn't have thought i'd have had the confidence to do that in the past but i think i was just like kind of on my own so i was like oh maybe i can like find people online that like a similar thing and then it was just it's yeah been amazing because i've met like i've met like real like lifelong friends through like uploading like just to think that like i would like it was just kind of like on a whim like, oh i'll have a go at this and um I think that's like what like, built my confidence up again. And it made me like, oh, I can actually make friends and we can talk about crochet and like we can connect over like, you know, what we love, like this craft that we love. And I think that was a really healthy sort of thing for me to have.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Like a, there's like a real like a community feel to it you know like ridiculous. i can i i was watching a couple of your video, your videos and things like that And when you look in the comments people say lovely things and people like you know are chatting as if as if they're friends you can you know it, it's yeah obviously there's the negative side of things and we've talked about that earlier but to look at the positives of the crochet community there's clearly something there it looked really nice you know it did yeah, look like, like a pleasant space
1: it really is and i'd say like it's so rare as well like especially uh from what i've found it's so rare that anyone does say anything that isn't as nice I- i'm one of those people that unfortunately sometimes can like end up focused on that if, if it's the wrong time for me to see something but most like i mean those people like there's so many of them that i'll like see in the comments and i just they've been there like from the start you know what i mean which is so nice because i just think like oh you're someone that's like they don't realize i think how much they have like Helped me, like how much they've like helped my confidence grow, like encouraged me during really hard times. And yeah, like it's, I, I don't think I do you know what before I'd have, even though like I've got, I'm really close to my family and I've got good friends, I would sometimes like experience like quite like intense like loneliness and I didn't really like know where it was coming from. And it's hard, isn't it? Because like when you've got really good family and friends, you think, why am I feeling this? But like, ever since I've started crocheting and like I've got that side and all those people to talk about something so nice with I don't really experience that anymore which is like a massive like positive in my life you know
0: yeah that's lovely because it is so true loneliness is it's hard it's really really and it's a strange feeling and it's really Easy to try and like muscle your way through it, you know. So I quite often hear people say, like, and I, I used to say this, and I used to say, oh, I don't really like people, or I don't need people, yeah. you know. And you do need people, and if you, you know, yeah. and if you don't like people, then it, it, I mean, you don't have to like everyone, but if you know, you should like some, you know. And, That's um... so true.
1: <laughs> I love that you've said that because that used to be me. I was always, like, I don't like people. I don't, I don't want to be friends with anyone. I, I've got friends. And I also look back and I think that was because I didn't feel good enough sometimes in certain situations. And it was me, like it was more about me than people so I always think now like it's so funny that I'd be like I don't want to spend time with people I want to be on my own I like being on my own because yeah like people are like there's so many great people like listening to your podcast and stuff that's another thing that I I've loved because you you get to hear those like experiences and you're like and you'll hear just like it could be one sentence that someone says and you feel really heard and it just like gives you that extra boost in oh time. mate yeah. yeah
0: oh that's lovely for you to say that thank you because that's exactly what i want to do it for you know i think that yeah. like experiencing these things it's so human and I thought if I put my hand up and said I'm not doing very well I thought I would push people away I thought my business would go under my wife would leave me my kids would be taken away from me and it's what it's actually done is pull people much more closer to me and I have like better quality of relationships like you say with not just with my family and with my wife but with people around me and some of those people are just online and I might never meet them in You know, like in real life, and you know, some I really hope I do. But yeah, there is that 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 feeling of connection and shared experience. I just think it's so human. That's how it feels to me. It just feels like just cut away all the societal bullshit, and underneath, it doesn't matter anything. Doesn't matter. We're all just fucking human, aren't we? Really, at the end of the day.
1: Yeah, exactly.
0: Yeah, man. And do you have any like to look after yourself now, other than crochet? Do you have anything else that you um like little self care things or little things that you know that help you to just kind of keep ticking over?
1: Well, for a long time, I was kind of, like, um, in denial that, like, exercise helped me. But I found that actually, like, going. well, recently, I've just started to go to, me and my partner went along to a park run, and I was really nervous, because I was like, oh, there's loads of people. But, oh, my gosh, that felt so good to, like, go, and uh, I'm really excited to do one now. And, like, I think just finding, putting myself in situations again, like, where I might be around people that I don't necessarily know and kind of like being able to interact with people like my partner does a lot of like marathons and half marathons and I've gone along to a couple of those recently and just like that being around people do you know what I mean and you're all there for like the same thing cheering people on whether it's a park run whether you're running it like I'd say that has been a big like thing in looking after myself because I can very easily uh, like end up staying inside or doing the same thing over and over again and I think like from past traumas I've experienced I I could very easily say well that's happened so I can't do this from now on but that has been it sounds like a bit of a random one going along to watch my partner doing marathons and like and then like supporting him at park run and then maybe joining in but like there yeah, that's been I, I felt like a huge like sort of boost like confidence boost and like just improve my mood like you know yeah you know, people like yeah
0: that. that's wicked it's like leaning into that that thing you know the I was trying to ask myself like if something makes me feel a bit uncomfortable it's like do I need to do this or does this genuinely scare me that it's probably too much of a big ask and if I think yeah. no, nah, like I just need to yeah. lean in and be a little bit uncomfortable and yeah quite often nice things Nice things come from that. Yeah. And like the park run, is just bloody lovely. Like it's um yeah. sometimes the where ours happens, there's like a park there. And sometimes it just turns out we're in a park with the kids um when all the runners are finishing up and stuff like that. And there's a calf, and we'll go and have, you know, buy the kids a, a breakfast or an ice cream or whatever. And or I've sat there many times, sat in that calf and just like looked around and all it is is runners who have done a park run and they're now having like a cup of tea and a bit of toast and the sun's shining and they're all sat there chatting to each other and you know they there's too many of them that they're all friends they must only know each other from running and you kind of look there and you think you know what this is the definition of community you know and rewind a couple of million years we'd be doing that round. all right wouldn't be in a cafe having toast but we would be round a fire just like hanging out and chatting and there is something yeah. so lovely about that isn't there you know it's really really um really nice yeah yeah
1: so, um, like it's yeah sorry I was just gonna say it's encouraged me to go running as well because then you go there and you're like oh like uh, running actually makes me feel better as well doing that and then I can talk to the people about running as well so it gives me something to chat to them about so it's excellent.
0: <laughs> yeah, tick ticks all boxes. Yeah, and that's something I never thought of around about exercise. Um, sometimes I would be too focused on exercise being good for mental well-being when what i wasn't thinking about was when you go to do that exercise when you see the people at the park run when you go into the gym and you check in with the person at the counter and have a bit of a chat when you're coming out and you see someone you know in the car park and it's all those little interactions and for ages i was so focused for meals right i'm gonna i'm gonna gym myself back to good mental health i was just like smashing the gym all the time and coming home a bit miserable but i was just going in and working and coming out but it's all those other little things that that feed it yeah and uh, yeah what's um what's next for you now where are where are where are you now how you know how's your head are you happy what are you doing what are your plans what's um because this crochet thing has really grown like you've got a really good sizable following and you know that that must have been a strange thing for that to suddenly start you know you stick a couple of pictures on instagram and next thing you know your follow accounts yeah. <laughs> going up and there's more and more things happening that must have been strange stevie
1: yeah I think do you know what I was kind of lucky because I think that I got into it at just the right time and like now there's a lot more people doing it which is great it's really exciting but I think like there wasn't as much of a variety of stuff online and I kind of like came out and was just like right I'm gonna just make up my own patterns and I'm not very good at like all the maths and the writing them I'm trying to get better that's the next plan to start selling patterns but like I think for me just documenting the journey I I I think part of me did feel a bit confident that people would want to watch it as it started to like gradually build. Um, But I think like, I love now that I am, I'm just really enjoying it. Like I love making the things and sharing them and see other people making them. And like, I'm really excited with like YouTube. I feel like I'm finally starting to understand how to edit the videos. And like the thing that I've accepted is that it might be like a, like I see it now as like, it's a, business that I'm going to have to build very slowly and sometimes like I think it can look like someone's doing really well because they've got like a following or you know all that stuff but for me like you know I've been lucky Chris like supports me like us both financially like so I I can focus on doing what I really want to do with that and I just want to get like people crocheting like that's all I want like I just want to really like I want to encourage you know anyone you know whether you've got you feel great or whether you really struggle with your mental health I think everyone can gain something from like making their own clothes or you know just making a blanket like all of that stuff I I just want to yeah like show people how helpful that can be you know
0: yeah yeah that's lovely and I suppose you know the things that are good for mental ill health are still good when your mental health's good right like you don't need to like wait for a bad day to start crocheting or go to park run we should be doing this stuff all the time and just feeling great about it yeah yeah and that's
1: the best time to do it isn't it when you're feeling good just go for it because you've got that extra energy sometimes i think so yeah like I'm just really excited for what's gonna happen with it and yeah, I'm feeling pretty positive about everything now.
0: (laughs) Oh mate, that's wicked. And you know what that radiates from you, Stevie? Like just chatting to you. I'm excited for you hearing you like it's buzzing me up hearing you be buzzed up about it, man. It comes up, it's really it's really lovely to see. And thank you so much for your time today, mate. I've loved that. And um, yeah, it was a pleasure to a pleasure to meet you. And I can't um I can't thank you enough for your for your openness there. That was wonderful.
1: Thank you so much. I've loved talking to you, it's been great.
0: Thank you for listening from the Proper Mental Podcast. Please like and subscribe. This five stars.